0: Hi folks, alright, here is this week's content warnings. Uh, Christianity, ADHD, COVID, ableism, um, discussion, a discussion of ableism, gatekeeping, and Elon Muskrat. Wow, alright.
1: That, that was a lot. That was
0: a lot, well, not as much as some others, but you know. That's true. Yeah. Um, secondly, this week... Um, I should remind you, we have pets, Sergey, who's currently rolling all over my desk and making it very difficult to record. Yes, I'm talking about you. And um, cats, yeah, dogs, uh, chickens, all of whom are asleep but have been producing eggs like, whoa. Um, And yeah, all that sort of happens in this household. So animal interruptions are a thing. And when the animals interrupt, often Sergey in particular, we tend to swear.
1: It's true. A
0: lot. Yes, I'm talking about you, Sergey. Yes. So, yeah, swearing happens, mostly to the cat, but not always, just so you know. Hi, folks. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 284. And every time I tell somebody that I'm in year six and I've just wrapped up episode 280 something, they're all like, whoa, that's a big deal. And I'm like it you're just persistent you just plug away one week at a time
1: you you eat the whale a bite at a time you
0: do and uh, it's a thing so um, one of the nice things though is since I got back from MAGFest now that I've had some time to recover uh, is the really big thing that I was working on before the new year is now on hold yay it is now on hold woo um as we explore options that do not involve Kevin write a whole bunch of code to do painful thing. Um, because there are commercial solutions that can do it much better than I can write code for. And therefore, ta-da. So, I'm excited. I got to eval a bunch of stuff. Uh, I made some recommendations. We'll see what people say. In the meantime, now I'm just picking up like cleanup things. Things have been lingering in our backlog and nobody's really looked at. So... Uh, it'll be nice to spend some time just on a here's a discrete task, and this discrete task is done. It might take a couple days, but it'll be done, kind of thing, and and work from there. Yay! Um, in other news, as I said, the chickens are producing like whoa.
1: Oh God, so many eggs! And
0: I said, you know, I wonder how this tracks. And I thought, well, I could do a really simple thing where I just put it all into Elasticsearch, and you know, since I work there and all and do graphs and these and I'm like that's awful heavy handed so I made a I I grabbed a plugin that does graphs for obsidian and now I just add a tag egg and a number to my daily note and that way it's right there and I've got a pretty graph to tell me that um, although I've got some of it wrong we've already collected close to 105 eggs this year
1: That is a lot of eggs.
0: That's a lot of eggs. I find it, you know, heartening that there are only 60 in the fridge right now. So we're at least keeping ahead of it. I may...
1: 60 is us keeping ahead of it?
0: We could have 100 in there.
1: Uh, All right. I cannot argue with that logic.
0: Right. Yes. But uh, when spring really starts to kick in and... It's not just the young hens laying because their egg-producing organs are ramped up. Um, we may be shoving eggs into neighbors' mailboxes and running away in the dark.
2: Um,
0: yeah. 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 So anyway, I mean, they'll all know who the eggs come from.
1: I, I suspect that uh, they'll they'll guess based on the large number of chickens
0: yeah just i mean you know it's it's a good bet that if eggs are randomly showing up in mailboxes on the street they're coming from me so we'll we'll hope but putting
1: eggs in people's i, I thought egging people's mailboxes was like considered a bad thing
0: it depends on uh, i mean th- this isn't like the the Eggman song by the beastie boys it isn't throwing eggs at them. Yeah, egging is is throw. No, it's it's. Yeah, no. Okay. Okay. Alrighty. Um. Yeah, no. That's that's about it. I've been doing lots of paperwork to wrap up Magfest. It's a thing that has to be done. Um. And uh, yes, Sergey, roll on that keyboard that I turned off just for this particular event. You motherfucker. Um. Yes, we love you. Yes, yeah, please don't stick my finger in your eye socket. He's sticking, he's he's rubbing his he's trying to get his my finger in his eye. Oh god, he's doing it again.
1: I I so anyway. Anyway,
0: uh, yeah. How how are you doing?
1: Uh not bad. My my I have I have successfully transitioned off the one med and yes. onto the other and my withdrawal symptoms have largely, though not entirely gone away. Um, Yeah, 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 yeah. Those take a while. Uh, Anything in the effects or series is really hard to go off of, and uh, I hope this works and that it was not for naught.
0: Yes, I I sincerely hope it works. I'm very glad that we're over the... uh, we're mostly over, knock on wood, we are completely over. um, The your face is leaking your face is crying and you have no idea why stage
1: it it's really annoying and those of you who have been through through various withdrawals is you're like sobbing like you're you're not upset nothing is bothering you but your face is crying and you're like I am yeah no this is a thing that is happening to me this I am not crying yeah, the, it's... The, this is a physiological response, and I wish it would stop.
0: And it's really awkward because I'm like, uh.
1: And Kevin is trying to be supportive, and is like, "How can I fix this?" I'm like, "There, you, there's nothing to fix."
0: Yeah, I'm like, "What, what do I need to do to make this go away?" And there's nothing I can do.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely it's, nothing. It, yeah, it's not a, a yeah, uh, it's very annoying, and I do not care for that. You know, sort of shenanigans, uh. But I have been—I got tons and tons of words written. Uh, I think a week before was it maybe a week before last, maybe it was last week. I can't even keep track anymore. Lots of words. Been writing plenty of words. Words right. are occurring. That's, words are occurring, and that's good. Yes, that's that's what I do. Yes. And, uh,
0: you have a book coming out in like three months.
1: End of March, yes.
0: End of March, yeah. So, uh, two and a half months.
1: And, uh, no, my big annoyance these days is that uh, my vision has decided that... Oh, God. Now it sucks. Yes. uh, The vision, oh, yeah. It's been really frustrating because I have had perfect vision my entire life, and I have no context for my eyes not working, like, except uh that i've dropped acid quite frankly yes and so the fact that stuff is now blurry or not snapping into focus is weird
0: weird and frustrating and and and
1: frustrating and then so i went i went to the eye doctor like i'm supposed to and they and i need bifocals but they're like no it's very difficult Mm -hmm. to get used to and you've never worn glasses so let's start you on readers and that would be fine, except they corrected my astigmatism. And now, uh, so if I was reading close up with them, if I take the glasses off, suddenly everything is canted 30 degrees hard to the right, and I get seasick. Which is not optimal. No. And I don't know if there is something specifically wrong with these glasses, or if I just need to go back and say... Okay, astigmatism correction, we're going to ha- either don't do it or do it about a third of what you got going on here and ease me into it because I can't function like this.
0: Well, and we picked up a pair of normal readers for you.
1: Yeah, and those are actually great. Those like, are actually I, working out, them. yeah. Yeah, the, 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 those are fine. I, I, I need computer glasses, yes. but uh, it's... I can't handle the astigmatism correction out of the blue that then changes because I take the glasses off for everything, but reading up close, it's it's just like death.
0: It's, yeah, yeah. So
1: that was very frustrating because if you've never, and, and I know all of you who have had terrible vision since you were a fetus are not sympathetic, <laughs> that's fine, I don't expect sympathy, but when you've never had any vision distortions, like, like when all of the, your experience with visual distortions are... I have a migraine or I'm tripping balls. Uh,
0: Okay, yeah. It's
1: very unsettling to have something wrong with your vision because your only context is my brain is wrong and something bad is happening.
0: And this time it's not your brain is wrong, it's that the corrective lenses are wrong.
1: Yeah, and, and also... I mean, and I don't know how to explain this or if I'm explaining it badly, but Hound, if stop trying to climb in my lap. I'm sitting on a ball. Uh, like, if you're in my lap, it...
0: It, it rolls, and everybody is sad. Pain. Yeah. Um, well, Hound might not be sad, because then she'll be. be laying on you.
1: Yes, and that's delightful as far as Hound's concerned. Um, the... A lot of... It, it's not that my sense of self is tied up in having good vision... But my perception of my own consciousness is sort of tied to my senses, and if my vision isn't working, then it feels like a part of me that I have never had to think about in forty years has suddenly broken, and because like the the sort of gestalt that 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 forms. You built, yeah. uh, Actually, the technical term is actually umwelt. Umwelt.
0: Um, oh, yeah, there's a good uh, word. Yes. German. It
1: is the, uh, Let me the write that
0: one down. For... U
1: M W E L T. It is the uh, the an organism's uh, senses that that create essentially the world that an organism lives in. So, like uh, the I, I was reading a fascinating book about this. Um, the uh, a tix umwelt is basically an extremely good sense of like touch and heat perception and you know and so it can detect hairs and things that it is wandering around through the dog's umwelt is all smells and vision and and vision and hearing but smell is like everywhere and the smell exists in like multiple dimensions of time because hound can smell what was in here before we were and hate- where we have been and things like that human umwelt is you know our our classic senses and my umwelt's fucking up and i have it's like the house i live in is breaking and <laughs> it's, it's not weird. that's not cool no it's 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 very it, it's it's uh, unsettling is it, it maybe the right word but it, it's it, it leaves me feeling very off kilter that like this thing that i have taken for granted for 40 years is suddenly not the way it always has been it's yeah and it's it's very upsetting honestly it, it's and there is no context i think that that uh nothing like right prepares you for by the way your sense just your sense is just like fucked up and hearing was different because well i've suffered a lot of hearing loss it's been gradual and so i haven't like noticed it really but Basically right about the point I hit, you know, forty five, all of a sudden my eyes were like not doing well, not doing well. And then go changing the med I think really accelerated because blurry vision is like a side effect going on and then it was Uh, just like we don't feel like coming back from that. And Uh, yeah, so it's been it's been wild.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's been it's been a bit of an adventure because I mean I'm I'm coming out of it from, like, the other side. My eyes have always been terrible. Yes. Um, so I actually got used to having terrible vision. Uh, and yeah. So the adaptation from I need single focus lenses to I need trifocals is now, you know, was not that bad. And they're not necessarily trifocals. They're... Um,
1: Hound, you can't get in my lap.
0: They're uh, they're progressives, uh, so it's just been more of a adjusting to. And I know when I need to update them because it's like suddenly when I'm looking through a zone that should be for close, it is all. It's like oh no, I can't. You know, my mid range is gone. It's time to. My mid range
1: was pretty good, but just because I was trying to do the mm-hmm. the close up glasses, and they were screwing with how my vision worked yeah. once I took them off. The, uh, uh, hound, you are really getting up in my grill, dog. Um, I love you, but this is not going to happen. Uh...
0: Lacey. Lacey. Get, go to bed.
1: Yes, like, like... I'm I'm on a beach ball, dog. You, you can't, you can't be in my lap.
0: There you go. Uh, Maybe she just wanted to get past you. No. Now she's looking at me.
1: Yeah, no, no, she, she wants to know why there are humans in the room that are not paying attention to beautiful hound. Yes, okay. Uh anyway yeah uh and i also i and this is not me saying that i have it worse than you did as a kid because i am not because there's a lot of social stuff yeah but also kid brains are more plastic more more
0: plastic yeah
1: and so it is your your visual cortex probably uh Adjusted a little quicker than my aging sloggy brain is doing.
0: Yeah. And no, and I'm just looking over uh, the notes for our interview this week. And one of the thing quotes I wrote down is the brain only has so many ways to say it is not happy.
1: That's a great quote.
0: That's a great quote. And it seems pretty applicable that your brain was not happy and the glasses aren't help weren't helping. And so it all built and built and I'm glad the readers, the un- Corrected readers for the astigmatism are working out for you. Yes, because I've, I yeah. have to
1: call the the place back up and be like, "Okay, so let's try this again and dial way back."
0: <laughs> yes,
1: on that because otherwise yes. I can just use a twenty dollar pair from the drugstore and be much happier. Yeah, um, uh, which still doesn't help the computer thing. No,
0: well, yeah. yeah, we'll we'll figure out the computer thing. So.
1: Anyway, but anyway, it sounds like you have an excellent interview, though. I do.
0: Uh, so we met, or at least I met, um, Julie Thompson on the Joko cruise. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so we, uh, we touched a base uh, a little late last year, and we sat down, and we had, a, we had a talk, and now here I am, able to share it with everybody out there. And we'll have this for well the we'll have it for you right after this. Folks, I am here today with Julie, who has volunteered for tribute after listening to all 200 and at this point um, in time, 276 episodes. So, if you're caught up completely, um, so and now this is uh, early January 2023, based on like we're recording in November, but I'm looking at my schedule over there going, yeah, this gets us into January, so right on. so hi, everybody out there who's listening. welcome to the New year. We have things to look forward to julie that's that's where we're at right now. so
2: <laughs> I, I um, love your 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 conviction that there will be a new year.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. look as um there is a there was a point in Hidden Almanac where Reverend Mord said mm-hmm. that the sun will still rise, the seeds oh. will still sprout. And the, you know, the world will go on. There will be a new year. You know, there's just some intrinsic faith that kind of happens there. At least Mord had it. uh, And a lot of Mord rubbed off into me when we were doing the Hidden Almanac. So, (laughs) um, all right. So now that we've gone through all of that, can you introduce yourself a lot better than I just did and uh, tell us about what it is you do?
2: Okay. Well, uh, my name is Julie Thompson. I am a mother of two children through transnational adoption, and I am a Lutheran pastor in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, ELCA. Yay, ELCA. Yes. Um, Non-Lutherans need to know elca lutherans are like oh yeah she's a female pastor she has to be elca
0: <laughs> yeah there there is a lot of that um i, I often tell people that uh, when you hear about missouri synod lutherans that's essentially the southern baptists of the lutherans
2: mm-hmm.
0: um and, yeah
2: and, and wisconsin synods are even further
0: <laughs> oh yeah
2: yeah you don't have Wisconsin. i was actually raised in missouri okay um, so i was I was raised mostly in uh, Mississippi and Alabama, and mm-hmm. there just aren't that many Lutherans around but um, I'll have a little side note into Lutheran history here Yeah. the, <laughs> the Missouri Synod emigrated from Germany to St. Louis, Missouri as a group in mm-hmm. response to some religious persecution and a very close knit bunch um Oh yeah, and they, as part of their culture, they um, fantastic music, but also schools, par- uh, parochial schools. Almost every congregation has one, and uh, in the pre, well, in the segregated South,
0: oh yeah, um,
2: they were willing to fund parochial schools, and so there were a fair number of African American communities that became Lutheran
1: mm-hmm.
2: in order to get schools, and so there are a smattering of Missouri Senate churches across the South as a result of that. Um, my parents are Midwesterners who moved South cause my dad is a university professor.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So we would not have been Missouri Senate if there had been other options, but there weren't. <laughs> so.
0: yeah. Uh, it, it's funny when mom and dad moved back into the area, they, they spent several years in, in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Um, yeah they were all excited that there was a Lutheran church opening up where they were looking for, for a new house. Okay, great. Uh, and then they found out it was a Missouri synod and that means they wouldn't be allowed to take communion if they visited their parents in Pennsylvania, their ELCA churches. And they were like, yes. Nope, 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 <laughs> Nope. Yeah.
2: Well, um, the Southern district is notoriously liberal. So that's a, that's a, yeah, <laughs> it it is. And, uh, you know, obviously, I came out of it as a pastor. Yeah. yeah. You know, that it it gave me a very good grounding. But yeah. anyway, anyway. Lutheran, ELCA, mm. pastor, now I'm in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, where there are significantly more available Lutherans who are. Oh, yeah. Pastors. And um, it, most people don't have a clear idea of what pastors do. I mean, they're very vague idea that we do. We preach, which is kind of true um, my call is as a visitation pastor Ooh. Um, uh, training as a pastor you know I went to undergraduate school and then I went to uh, seminary it's a post grad degree mm-hmm. for training in theology and, and pastor kind of stuff
0: mm-hmm. yep.
2: and then I had additional training um, I went to the University of Virginia I got a masters in history, history. <laughs> Hi. I don't have cats, I have dogs. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Somebody's at the door. Let me find out who that
0: is. Yeah, let me I'll pause. I'll pause. Yeah.
2: I told her. I'm recording today. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. No, there we go. I I've just resumed. So yeah, I, no, it happens. Yeah. It happens. And any at any point the uh the um the Amazon delivery person might show up and decide that uh and the dog will decide that, to tell me that the Amazon person is here to kill us all. Yeah. Which they have never done in you never know yeah you never know
2: so all right yeah all right so um who was it yes pastor I went to seminary mm-hmm. i i did additional work at the university of virginia in church history but mm-hmm. then i did additional pastoral study as um in trained to be a chaplain okay and so i was a chaplain uh for one of the local hospitals uh, okay. chain, you know, group of hospitals. It's local, and I was a hospice chaplain. And
1: mm-hmm. then,
2: because our healthcare system is not the best in the world, they were bought out, and then bought out. Yeah. <laughs> My services were no longer needed, and <laughs> and then I went into the parish. And so, mm-hmm. in the I am um, an associate pastor, which means that there is another pastor who is in charge overall. And then I am a visitation pastor. And what that means is that I visit sick and shut-ins. I go to hospitals. I go to care centers and nursing homes. I go to people's homes and check in on people. That is my number one thing. That is what I do. I bring communion. I do pastoral care and counseling. Um, You know, I do just check in on people, connect people. Yeah. I do, I do preach once a month. I do take part in worship. Lutheran mm-hmm. churches are liturgical. That means we mm-hmm. have a set worship, more than a free form worship, and it requires leadership.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: <laughs> I do that. Um, I, uh, in conjunction with another pastor that I know, um, I've just started a new congregation. In addition to this. Um, we are using what's called the dinner church model. I don't know if you're familiar with that at all. I'm
0: familiar with it, but I'm betting our listeners aren't.
2: Okay. Well, it's it's really aimed at people who either um who are not comfortable in a traditional church setting. And maybe that's because they have been in a traditional church setting and been burned in some way. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's because they have never in their lives been in a church and they're not sure that they want to start now. Because right. it's a weird place if you're not familiar with it. Yeah. So uh, it's literally dinner. We Mm -hmm. we rent a local coffee shop and serve dinner. And uh, we have placemats and we have like introductory questions. Um, And then we read a very short section from the Bible and we have questions for people to discuss it. The tables are small. We have try to have no more than six people to a table so everybody has time to talk. Kids, adults, everybody is involved. And then uh, the pastor, either me or the other pastor, will say a few words, very short, not a full sermon. Yeah. And then we go.
0: But you're not following the, uh, or are you following the? And I can't remember. The, why can't I remember the technical term for it? The, the. Are you following the weekly readings specifically? Le- the
2: lectionary.
0: The lectionary. Yes, thank you.
2: <laughs> yeah. um, we do largely because it's easy, but okay. we also periodically we will. We like. We just finished a series on uh, community. What does it mean to be a community?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, our observation, my observation is that people are really hungry for community. Yeah. And oh yeah, I have a little note here to talk to you about that under other topics.
0: <laughs> okay, that's, that's <laughs> fine. Your, that's
2: fine. It is getting long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you bring people together. So I do that. And then um, also a part of my job is I do community organizing, faith-based community organizing. And that, um, you know, involves bringing people together, um, talking about our values, how our values mm-hmm. sh- as, as Christians, as Lutherans, shape our understanding of how we want our public life to look. And then uh, going out and putting pressure on public officials to take actions. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. we do. I do a lot of talking to people, both of my kids at different points have sold people you know somebody said oh your mother's a pastor and both of them said oh no no she just talks to people
0: <laughs> but at the at the end of the day uh, most of the uh, most of the work of all the pastors I've known and uh the really good ones they talk to people it's not just you know the job is not everything is focused on Sunday. It's managing a community. It's, you know, you, the church hires people to run the, and I'm putting this in loose air quotes, business side of things, because money has to come from somewhere to fund the other things. Right. But at the end of the day, one of the, all the effective pastors who aren't, you know, uh, who, who aren't more concerned with packing the pews, are more concerned with talking to people and making sure that their needs both physically and spiritually are met. Yeah. You know,
2: Um,
0: which is interesting because there was a point um, during the uh, post, like in that stage where my marriage was collapsing. And before I found earth, there's that whole period of sort of exploration that sort of goes on yeah transitory period Um, i did look into what it would take to become a a chaplain specifically a jail chaplain because we have none Mm -hmm. here right um -hmm. um, or you know that sort of thing and it wasn't for me but it was an interesting learning experience and everything that need that not only goes into on the education side but then um the uh the the investigation process by, say, a synod or mm-hmm. the the wider church organization as to, do you have this call? Is this something that we'd be comfortable with you doing, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and under my other topics, I'm filing a couple things away about other pastors I follow on Twitter mm-hmm. in your area or uh, who are, you know, sort of superstars, but don't actually act like superstar pastors you would expect to right um so we'll get to those in a little bit Um, more importantly for the listeners is um uh, you have a lot going on how do you keep yourself organized
2: yeah what a good question um well i'm kind of just just sort of to back up a little bit i i have noticed over the years that when people are trading ADHD tips,
0: mm-hmm. a
2: lot of those tips are helpful to me.
0: Okay.
2: Know? Yeah. So I was like, oh yeah. So I actually went and got myself screened for ADHD, ADD. Okay. And the screener said, nope, you don't, you don't have it. <laughs> you know, and I may okay. have broken various federal laws and, it, and use someone else's stimulant medication to confirm that. <laughs> but, you know, but, um, I did talk to him. I said, you know, but, you know, all these things that are true, you know, even these weird mm-hmm. side effects of ADHD are all <clears> true <throat> of me. And he's, and his answer was, well, <clears throat> the brain only has so many ways to say it's not happy. <laughs> okay. Know?
0: That's fair. Yeah. yeah. And,
2: and he, you know, said, I, I have a, a trauma history that I'm mm-hmm. not really going to talk about because it's not part of this. But the one, the way that the brain responds to trauma is in a lot of ways similar to the way the brain responds to ADHD. So, I, you know, follow all sorts of ADD ADHD people on Twitter and other social media, and kind of like, oh, that'll work, that'll work, that'll work. Okay. But um, for keeping myself organized, just kind of continuing to function, um, Google Calendar. Okay. And, you know, I think everybody uses, well, I shouldn't say everybody, but many people use Google Calendar. And I yeah. realized uh, far too lo- long into my usage of it that uh, you can make notifications. <laughs> And so now anytime I make an event, I put on, you know, like a notification one day in advance, three days in advance, you know, mm-hmm. because the 10 minutes, the 10 minute in advance default just does nothing for me. Right. Uh, but with that little tweak, it really helps a lot. Um, I use a bullet journal. And I don't use the I don't use it as a calendar. I tried for years because I had a sense that, you know, this was going to be helpful to me. But I couldn't, you know. I was writing the daily pages, and I was doing that, and it just didn't help. And I finally realized it's because I don't need two calendars. Right? I'm not going to use two calendars. It's not going to happen. So, you know, I use I use it like, um, you know, as my keeping track of everything that's not in the calendar. So I have I'm showing this to Kevin. I'm sure the listeners are thrilled. You know, I have like weekly checklists that I. Put in every week to make sure certain things get done. I have my grocery list. I have my, like every meeting I go to, and my life is 99% meetings. You know, I put the date and make notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, books that I read, if some, something interesting, I put it in there and take notes. Um, I use an Excel spreadsheet. As I said, I visit people, that's my job. Right, right. And so I have just, you know, one line per person with their name, their address, phone number, whatever, and then a column for the last time that I saw them. And, you know, every so often I just go in and sort by date <laughs> and start at the top because it's way too easy for me to forget, you know, oh yeah, yeah. you know, so-and-so I haven't seen him <laughs> or, you know, I, the five people that I like the best get visited repeatedly and it's
0: I mean that then that's just being human right so
2: right I mean it's not intentional but you know the the again that was one of those things where early in my career I had sheets of paper and post-it notes stuck to everything and was always and then I found out the excel spreadsheet would do this for me
0: yeah 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 yeah. Yeah.
2: so I I use the excel spreadsheet um extensively and um the other thing that I do is I um I have accountability. Um, that I think somebody—I want to say it was Gretchen Rubin, but I could be wrong—has this theory that people are either um, motivated by uh, internal expectations or external expectations.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm very much ex- external expectations. So you know, if I think to myself, "Oh, this needs to happen," it probably won't. But <laughs> But if I say to somebody else, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: check in with me on Tuesday and make sure that I actually did whatever. And I've, I've kind of built people like that into my life in a lot of ways.
0: So so basically you have a, a set of accountability buddies.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I, you know, have a bunch of them because, number one, I'm an extrovert. I like talking to people. But number two, it's it's too much to ask somebody to be of <laughs> Everything right? in my life.
0: Yeah. 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 So
2: those are those are the tools that I use, the systems.
0: Yeah. I mean, in, in theory, uh I you could almost say at this point I have three to four thousand accountability buddies because the podcast is one of the ways I keep myself accountable. Sure. Right? When I sit down on Tuesday or Wednesday to record and I'm like, here's, you know. Here's how my productivity is going. That's me holding. That is me in a very public way holding myself accountable, right? Yeah. And being real about it because I know a lot of people, myself included, can be like, "I didn't get anything done. I can't believe I didn't get anything done." Um, and it's nice to be able to sit there and say, "You know what? I didn't. I didn't get everything done, and that's okay. And it's okay if you didn't either." Right.
2: One yeah. one of the really things that's really nice about being a pastor is that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nobody checking on me mm-hmm. you know like I don't have to be at the office at 8 o'clock I don't have to be here right. or be there. I you know it's like I know you know I need to take communion to this and such a care center or I need, I've need, i got a worship service going on over here or whatever and, and it's nobody like the bad thing about being a pastor is that nobody checks up on me
0: right <laughs>
2: no one has a clue what i do from day to day if i've shown up or not shown up you know it's
0: mm-hmm.
2: so yeah it's it's really important to have that accountability yeah. because you know one of the things with my brain is i look up and go how is it thursday <laughs> just what happened there
0: yeah no that, that and that happens to so many of us and uh, uh i'm noticing it especially as i get older but also um, uh, especially since COVID, if that makes sense, I've noticed yeah. a lot more of the. How did mm-hmm. time is? Wait, what day is it? How did it get to be there already? Um,
2: I think that seems pretty universal.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
2: mean, COVID, COVID seems to have just done a number on everyone's sense of time.
0: Yeah, although I did read a uh, uh, an interesting. Um, Someone wrote a a, a sort of a a mini tabletop RPG called um, uh, The Keep on the Cul de Sac, where you're exploring like a suburban house in search of the elusive TP. Uh-huh. And, uh, it's just, it's so brilliant and funny, uh, and, and they're giving the money away to charity. So it's like, okay, I have to own this. Um, but it also really kind of encapsulated how it was feeling about three or four months in, um, yeah. which was kind of fascinating in that you could make that fun yeah. and funny. So <laughs> yeah. and it's funny to think about it now that that was two years ago, right? Yeah. Almost three. Um uh philosophy aside, or maybe this is philosophy, are there any other uh habits or systems that you find particularly valuable?
2: Um yeah. Um I um I do the artist's way. Okay. It's a cult. It is absolutely a cult. I know you've mentioned it a couple of times that you have oh, yeah. it on your shelf, but haven't it's, it.
0: it's yeah, no. Oh, sorry. It's behind my open source.com cooler, but yeah, it, it's there along with all kinds of other fun books that I really need to get in a digital form so that I'll actually read them. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, the, I, I do that and the artist's way it's got two, two, central pillars and then other things that she's got a whole series of books and, you know, she's added and stuff to it and stuff. But the, the first is that every morning, write three pages longhand. Doesn't matter what about, doesn't matter. Just get it out there and write Mm -hmm. about it. And then every week do what she calls an artist date and just take an hour to do something all by yourself, just for yourself that you enjoy. And, and that has been amazing i i thought it was kind of dumb frankly yeah Yeah, and i i took a i took a class of course i did because it's a group but um mm-hmm. a, a local place was offered i thought well i'll just do that and then <laughs> i was surprised at how powerful it was and um you know i've talked to several pe- people about it and you know like I do it and I think it's really helpful but yeah I, mean, I recognize a cult when I see one I've talked to people who are like this is the way this is the only way <laughs> I- <laughs> and, and right and I'm happy for them and yeah. I've talked to people and you know uh, Julia Cameron who's the, the author uh, she came out of the 12 step community and You know, she went, she's very open about her struggles with alcoholism and mental illness and Mm -hmm. things, but there is an amazing amount of God language, spirit language. Mm -hmm. There is, um, a very earnest tone that can set people off. She has uh, an, almost the secret like belief that money will come.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's a cult. Um,
2: yeah, there is a cult. yeah. So, you know, so I know people who like, you know, couldn't even finish chapter two because they were so put off by it. But it, it is something that I think has been really helpful to me. Mm-hmm. But I take it with a pinch of salt.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I have noticed in what has been, I think my 2022 project was cults for some reason. I mean, 2021 into 2022, and the idea, the the differential between there are beneficial cults, there are destructive cults, there are cults that fall anywhere between the two extremes into neutrality, Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of it has to do with the person who is in charge, and... Julia Cameron is one of the ones who's like, yes, you know, yes, we all know this is totally a cult, but it's much more benevolent than destructive. Right. Right. And
2: she's actually, she's actually written about how some of the followers kind of.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, do you do any gratitude journaling? That's something I've never had latch with me that I know a lot of people do.
2: When my kids were younger, one of the things that I made them do, because it, as, a, as a parent, it's my responsibility to make them miserable in as many ways as possible.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: And one of the things that we had is we had uh, gratitude journals, and we would all sit down once a day and write out three things that we were grateful for. Mm-hmm. They hated it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But – I I find myself writing sometimes in the morning pages about things mm-hmm. that I'm before but I ha- I have not found gratitude journaling as a discrete separate thing to be useful.
0: Okay. Yeah, You're, I'm always curious about that one. So, yeah.
2: I think it I think it was helpful um especially when with my children at the time we were doing it um because they You know, gratitude is not the natural state of childhood.
0: No, no, it is not.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it was it was really helpful for them to see that their lives weren't quite as bad as they thought they were. Mm -hmm. And but you know, I don't know. Um, Let's see. Uh, We talked a little bit about accountability groups as a thing that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And um, within the community organizing uh setting we have it's called agitation tables it's essentially an accountability group but you know i meet with other pastors about once a month and we like well what have you done (laughs) why haven't you done this and stuff um and then i have i have uh like i said other groups of other people some are specific to a certain Uh setting some sort of generic that i connect with um one of the habits that I have found is really helpful are morning and evening routines. Oh yeah. Which we'll talk to maybe about the typical day question.
0: That's yeah, that's the, the actual next question. If if yeah. you want to segue no, into it now, or if you've got other things, no,
2: I have other things. Okay. Um, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. I have right here in my bullet journal two two oh. spreads where <laughs> I. <just laughs> <open notes. laughs> And as I thought of these, I've scribbled them in, so we're here. Um, yeah. I think you've talked about how you um, you started in the productivity world with getting things done and Stephen Covey, mm-hmm. and so yeah. did I. you know, and yeah. pos- I don't know. My my reasoning was that you know I was unable to be organized; everything was falling apart. Surely there must be something that I could do. And there are things from each of those that have stuck with me. Um, the yeah do it now if it takes less than two minutes, um, the, um, setting based yeah. to do lists done. Um, so those are things, um, one of the things that I do, uh, it's, I have time set aside uh, twice a week. I set aside a couple of hours for what I call serious reading.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I mean, it sounds pretentious, but that's when I read theology
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and I, you know, like new Bible study things that have come out because, you know, the, sort of the, the joke among pastors is, you know, whatever we studied in seminary is probably the most recent thing that we know because, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, so I do that and, you know, more serious, like history books or self-help or anything that I really want to read and reflect on. And, um, I took a class on uh, Smart Notes, so Smart Notes, and then I started using Mem. To I've
0: heard I've heard about it. I haven't I haven't looked at it yet.
2: Well, I'm I'm torn because on the one hand, all all computer programs will go away. Yeah, and but on the other hand, it's really helpful because I can just type in something, give it a couple of keywords, and then I can pull up all of my keywords. Mm-hmm. You know, so and that is tremendously helpful when I'm thinking about things. You know, and I can do it from all kinds of different directions. And then the other thing that I use is um, it's an app called S'mores Up. And I don't use it as as much or exactly as it's intended. I'm 99% sure. But it's essentially a chores app. Where you can, okay. Like I have it and my daughter still lives with me has it and can enter things in it. And it's really helpful. I, I don't know if it's your experience or not. But if I'm standing there saying, you know, uh, make your bed or do the dishes <laughs> There is World War Three, but if it's,
0: yeah.
2: if it's on the app, you know, do this,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and the and then the app also um, assigns. A, you can assign points to each chore, and then you can create rewards. So, for example, my daughter just came home. She was spending some time with a friend. That's ten points. Okay. She has a, she has a a phone. It's mm-hmm. twenty five points a week. <laughs>
0: see we i just i just did the the, an old school but slightly modernized like i had a big spreadsheet when there were five of us living in the house over the pandemic
2: yes right
0: um i had to have that spreadsheet of whose turn it was to do things otherwise we would fall into the habit of the same three people were doing the same things every week and you know it was it was brutal um and i solved a lot of problems in peace by saying to you know all right you know, to my son, you're 18 now, you know, you're over 18 by several months. Uh, you are now a part of the adult functioning, which I think actually has helped him now that he's been living at college for the last two years, three years, almost three years. Wow. Three years already. Oh my God. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's a junior. Oh my God. I'm mind blown. Okay. Um, but again, that's there was an accountability there in that I could look, see whose turn it was, and say, "Hey, did you know it's your turn too?" Versus having to go say, "Who did this last?" All right, who can I, you know, and having to make yeah. somebody do it, you know. And if anyone asked or thought I was being unfair uh, and whatever, I had data and numbers to show them. No, this is the distribution of who has to do what when and where it breaks down, and to make sure that everybody's even and then you know and fair. And they'd be like, oh, "Okay."
2: So, (laughs) yeah, well, I, I really do. I mean, there are other apps that do this and possibly ones that do it better, but this is the one that I found when I was needing one and it it lets me set up. I can say, for example, um, you know, like making my bed is always my chore. Right. Walking the dogs. Someone has to do that every morning. It doesn't really matter who. Okay. Yeah. So whoever gets to the walk the dogs in the morning can click it and get a point for it. Um, Right. You know, um, cleaning the bathroom. We take turns. So, Eh. you know, it, it rotates, you know, I do it. I click off that. I did it. And then it pops up on her list the next time. Okay. So that that was very helpful. Yeah. Um, And then the other thing, um, Fly Lady, I don't know if you're familiar
0: with. Her. I am very, I, as a matter of fact, uh, one of her, uh, one of her things uh, that your your day is not complete until your sink is clean stuck yep. with me. It's Daddy. about the only thing that stuck with me. I I would love to have her on the show someday, uh, she, but
2: she's, she's local to you, I think.
0: I didn't think so, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, oh, but she, but no, she, she, yeah, no, I, she had an impact on me really early on yeah um when like when it feels like she was just starting out and when the whole pkm not pkm i'm sorry the whole uh um self-organizing thing and getting things done was getting its big you know its big push back in the days the yeah. early days of life life hacker and things and uh and not all of her methods worked for me i tried really hard but they they didn't stick for me or my ex-wife um And, but at least the, uh, like my, my kitchen is not clean until my sink is, is spotless is one that did stick. Yep. Shiny shiny sink. sink. Yep.
2: I, um, I, I, blah, blah, blah. Let me try again. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the things that I found most helpful about her was there was a really active local group. So we were all. okay. But Mm -hmm. I, one of the other things that I really found helpful was the idea that, you know, just start where you are. (laughs) You're Mm -hmm. okay. You know, fly, you know, just you're fine. And just having it broken down, you know, the whole idea of zone cleaning.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. And we, we still do that, but, um instead of you know her system has week one is like the the, that short little week at the beginning is your entrance and then week one is always the kitchen and da da da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've I have like rolling zones. I think I have eight zones.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then, you know, I might not get back to the kitchen, but it will eventually get back to the kitchen. And, you know, just sort of the realization that there's a certain number of tasks that have to be done every day. Mm-hmm. And then there's a difference between daily cleaning and deep cleaning. Again, you know, there are certain people who are probably listening to this going, why did you not know this? (laughs) Well,
0: and, but there's, there's also another number of people who are like, and, and this is where I think like one of the weaknesses of the fly lady that I don't know if she addressed in later years um, is that there is also a very privileged position in there that, You are an able person who has the energy to do the, do that workload every day, every week, every whatever. And, you know, Mm -hmm. if you were a, a person who operates more under the spoon, you know, the spoon method of, you know, cleaning, cleaning, a deep cleaning in the entranceway is going to, you know, drop all the spoons I have into the, you know, and then I don't have energy for things like food preparation or or whatever, you know, it's, it's so it'd be, I, it would be interesting to go back and revisit to see if any of those are now addressed. Um, But again, I think that is a flaw in a lot of the PKM and early uh, uh, personal knowledge management. And, you know, the, the productivity systems is so many of them, start on the assumption that you are an able, an abled person. Yeah. Right.
2: My, so. my guess would be, and this is a guess mm-hmm. you may prove me wrong, but it seems to me that fly lady has kind of stayed where she is. And there are people out there who have taken it to another step and addressed okay. these things. Yeah. So, you know, if you, if you do a Google search for "fly lady," you'll get "fly lady." But if you do like "fly lady system" or something, there'll be like mm-hmm. you know a whole host of other people who are like a generation younger, perhaps.
0: Yeah, and who, and, who and having, it's interesting to watch communities grow like that.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And they're you know sort of yeah. a, addressing these issues. So, all right. Um, I think that's everything I have under systems and or habits.
0: Okay. Well, then let's go back to that morning and evening routine. What does a typical day look like?
2: Right? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So, you know, I have to have a a morning routine. And again, just as an aside, the, the key to the whole morning routine working is not having my phone in the bedroom.
0: Okay, yes.
2: And I struggled for... Months, if not years, with that before I finally had the realization: Oh, if the phone is here, I will turn the phone on and stare at it.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: So moving the phone into the office was really, really key. But um, so first thing I do is I get up, and you know I shower and all this stuff, and then I make my bed. The bed is not made; the day does not go well. And then I do the morning pages which takes me 45 minutes-ish,
1: mm-hmm.
2: depends when you do that. And then I take care of the dogs because the dogs have to be taken care of. And I live in an inner ring suburb and I live in a townhouse, so I don't have a fenced-in yard. So taking mm. care of the dogs means putting leashes on them and taking them outside and walking them. So in the winter. Yeah. And in the night, Oh, no. <laughs>
0: yeah, no. i i am familiar with i am familiar with minnesota winters yes yes, yes i am
2: yes i know i guess this yeah well we talk about that on a completely different subject but right um, you know i i think it's really i i hate it most mornings but the fact is that by the time the dogs are taken care of i am wide awake
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah and then they have to be fed um And then we start the morning, I mean, I have a teenager living with me, so we go through the morning. She is really good about getting up, taking care of herself, doing her homework, all these other things, but we do have the inevitable where our, why do I not have clean socks? Didn't you buy anything for my lunch? Yeah. What do you do with my backpack? All these, you know, all these things happen. Um, The evening routine I mean, maybe I should have started with the evening routine because a lot of time, I think of the evening routine as really the start of the more, of the next day. Okay. Which is very biblical, you know. Biblical, yeah, yeah. it's unknown. Um, and what I do is I clean something. You know, ideally the kitchen is clean and the sink is shiny. But if it's not, something gets cleaned. You know, and whether that is just moving something off the table or putting things away or going around and collecting obvious garbage, something gets cleaned. Um, and then the dogs have to be taken care of again. They continue to be living creatures that need to be taken care of. Oh, yeah. And then um, I look at my Google Calendar and say, What am I doing tomorrow? Because for me, every day looks really different. Mm mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just does. So then I, like, I think, okay, so the first place I have to be is, you know, this place at this time. And I look to see what do I need to wear. Um, my preferred dress is pretty casual. But if I'm going to be doing services or making public presentation, I need to be a little bit better dressed. Right. And if I'm going to be going to do a workout or something, I need gym clothes. And so I kind of go through and figure out what do I need, lay everything that I'm going to need out, pack it if Uh possible, put it in the car if possible, get rid of all the possible um, friction points, and then lock the phone away somewhere else and go to bed.
0: Yeah. I I was thinking when you were talking about, uh, uh, you know, clothing, I'm like, you know, a cassock covers a lot of sins, but it's not...
2: It does, but I don't wear it all the time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well,
2: so those
0: are... So, yeah, no, and then the in-between times, which is when you're doing your your actual job, you you know, things are going to look very different, like you said, if you're, if it's... uh, um, uh, a night for dinner church or if it's a night for or a day where you're visiting multiple people or, you know, all the different things going on. So, but this, this gives you a framework around it to, to keep some right. structure, even if they're unstructured uh, parts of the day, right? Or the bulk of the day is unstructured. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: All right. Are you ready for the fun ones? Yes. Okay. Um, so we'll start with uh, the, 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 uh, actually, you know, I'm beginning to like this one more than the others. A lot of the really? times. Really? Yeah. Um, and that is, what is the best advice uh, you've been given, um, in addition to, or, uh, you know, with, or, or however you want to put that, the, the best advice you'd give somebody else. And sometimes it's the same thing.
2: Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Well, really the, the best advice that I can remember being given is actually yeah. from John Scalzi. Oh. Um, oh, John! <laughs> it wasn't personal to me. I, I, right, right. I was just sort of like put out there, but you know the 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 failure mode of clever is asshole. And yes, that you know, um, I I mean, I'm basically a nice person. I'm a kind person, but I, you know it took me so long to realize that things that I thought were clever or funny, if you don't get the joke, they're not.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, you know, that it, it's especially, you know, I'm, 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 uh, you know, part of the fan community you know, and that, that kind of um, in joke sort of mm-hmm. thing is really part of our culture. And, Saying things to someone who's not part of that, they don't get it. Yeah. And it comes across badly. And even, you know, things that are not necessarily culturally different but are just, you know, a play on words that I think was clever, you know, people can be really set back. So th- that was to me, that was, that was really kind of crystallized things that had been going on around me for a while. So that, that is a really good piece of advice.
0: Yeah. Um, the one that always got me and I have occasionally been a bit of an asshole about it or gone on a rant is always, uh, the term, the Mm fan, right? It's, you wouldn't think about it. Yes, it is. It is a play on the octopus, octopi, the fan, the fan. Um, but it, you know, it's fandom. The fans is the plural, but the moment you start talking about, you know, the fan, and that sort of thing, it shows that you're dividing that line right. of them and us, It does, you know, and, and that was always a trigger point for i I've, I've relaxed a little bit in the last couple of years, but I also haven't been, uh, in spaces where th- there, where th- there is a stark differentiator between fandom fans and not fans. And yeah. I think that's something that I want to say changed significantly in the last five, six years, maybe.
2: Um, I think so. Um, you know, I, I, when I was younger, I, I was pretty involved in the SCA, Society of Creative Anachronism. Uh-huh. and it was it was us and the mundane, right? <laughs> yeah, and that is that same sort of thing. I think that when the Marvel movies started getting big, uh-huh. is when that that fan non fan divide started to sort of slip.
0: And and we were already seeing, I think, some of it um, as anime fandom and um, furry fandom yeah. started bleeding together because um, there was just this point, I think it was probably in Yasha or something sometime in those same time periods where they started to blur, where you would start to see people who are more anime fans at furry conventions and furries at who were already at anime conventions but were like yeah. more out about being furry at anime conventions and i think it was sort of a wonderful thing um you know that sort of breaking yeah. down of barriers uh versus the late 80s early 90s where we have to segment and you're not a real fan if that people uh, tried so hard to bring back right yeah you know
2: you know um sort of an aside but that that gatekeeping you know you're not uh-huh. a fan you know or uh you know showing up and somebody saying oh you think you're a fan we'll answer these 75 questions and right you know or whatever right. it's just so frustrating um when i was new in fandom that did happen oh yeah and, and i as a new person i was often just like well i don't know, <laughs> you know i mean, I don't know and you know made to i knew that i was made to know that i was second class you know i wasn't mm-hmm. really there yet i wasn't really part of the community so I, but um i do you ever go to um in conjunction
0: i've not been to in conjunction we haven't been invited yet
2: <laughs> no. this like didn't you used to live here what are you
0: doing no no um
2: but um well ursula lived here she's
0: probably ursula yeah ursula lived here but she was um she was more embedded it was she didn't really get into or become a a person who interacted with the science fiction fandom until much later it was okay. the cool. hugo award for digger was I'm the sure. you know and occasionally getting a short story published was the big thing for her um I had already, you know, seen like some of the local small sci-fi cons, and never really because yeah. it was didn't really click with me at the time. Um, no. So yeah, but that's for her, it was always the fur cons.
2: This that that's even an aside from my aside, but I right just, right right. In conjunction, it's our it's our thing, or right. convergence. Sorry, convergence. convergence.
0: I know convergence. I haven't we haven't been I to. Not said but-
2: in conjunction. That's the wrong one. It's convergence, which is our local fact. God, if mm-hmm. anybody from the local group hears me and they, she's getting in right here. <laughs> okay. Yes. I really meant convergence. I misspoke. The only reason I brought it up is because I was a volunteer last year mm-hmm. and was, you know, as such was going around. And I saw a couple of places where people started this, oh, are you a real fan thing? And immediately got pushback from everybody in earshot.
0: wow it was
2: just like no we're not playing that game no no and you know i i was really happy to see it but i i'm kind of like um analogizing that to the outside world um you know, I've had quoted at me more times than I care to count that Martin Buber poem, you know, first they came for the Martin Niemall, or not Martin Buber, Martin right, poem, right? First they came for the XXXXX. And there was no one left when they came for me. And the way that people from all over, I mean, I've been I've been lefty. I am lefty. I have been for a long time. I've been involved in organizing, I've been involved in this and that and all kinds of things. And it's always been different groups doing things. And in the last, well, since the nightmare year that we all remember.
0: <laughs> hmm yeah, yeah, People yeah. like,
2: we got to stick together. We get, you know, I've seen more mm-hmm. collaboration, more collaboration. And, you know, when the culture started to, or parts of the culture started to say, oh, those scary trans folk. Everybody stood up and said, no, we're not doing this. You know?
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, not everybody, not 100, but the vast majority majority of different groups of people, people who've never met a trans person or seen a trans person or aren't really that clear what trans people are. Like, well, they're being attacked by the Nazis. <laughs> just,
0: right? Yeah, no, no, and and there's a I could go on a whole rant about the the whole thing going on, but it is so refreshing to see so many people who would not normally be like who would just sort of step away or be like, well, it's not my problem stepping up and saying, no, this is a real problem. Yeah. You know?
2: And I, I think, like I said, I think that's analogous to step of standing up for people in, in them mm-hmm. and saying, Hey, you know, who appointed you gatekeeper? No, they're interested. They're here. It's good enough.
0: Yeah. All right. Now for the sad question. Not even I'm not even going to go go with the easier or hard because it it's i I guess at this point in time it varies from person to person, um, but it's a sad question um, How do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal?
2: Hmm. well, I obsess over it. I mm-hmm. think about nothing else for days. I curl up at a ball and talk you know give myself self talk about how I'm a horrible person and a waste of protoplasm. I wake up in the middle of the night with, Oh, I should have said this. I should have said yep, this. yep. 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 Uh, more healthily. I, it's one of the things that I write about in morning pages.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Kinda
0: and sometimes just getting it out on the paper or in health. the note or whatever is, is enough to get it out of your system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for those of us who, who get, you know, or serotonin in a jar, that doesn't always help, but.
2: (laughs) Well, it it helps me to get it, um, out to get it outside of my head. And that, that's one thing that I think David Allen had, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you write it down, it's out of your head.
0: Yeah. Um, well, how about the other side?
2: Yeah. You know, actually, I... Um, oh, wait.
0: Yeah. I'll let you finish, because it paused on me, and so I might have missed something where you were about to continue on that. So let's just continue on that, okay. if you were doing
2: Celebrating that right. success.
0: Celebrating... Okay, yes, we're there. Okay, yes.
2: Yeah, um, I have a harder time with that. Um, you know, I I think it's connected. I mentioned the artist's way, and one of the points of it is that you have that weekly artist date where you just spend mm-hmm. an hour doing something that you like. That's the hardest part for me. of the artist way. Um, And, you know, she has add-ons where you take a walk or do this or do that. I can do those with no trouble. But when it comes to, you know, having that time, that's hard. And um, what I have been doing fairly recently is something that I learned from one of your guests, name completely escaping me, um, to have a designated, you know, to have somebody that will be happy for you.
0: Oh God, I wish I could remember who that was. But, yeah.
2: But I have a friend that, you know, I talked to her and she was good with this. So whenever I have something successful, or something I want to celebrate. I call her and I'm like, I'm the greatest. <laughs> and, and no matter how trivial it is, she's the kind of person that's like, Oh, I'm good for you. I'm so happy. <laughs> Doesn't uh, yeah. mean talking about half the time, but you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. No. no. Um, um, before we get to the charity, yes, I have a, I have a section here marked other okay. things that I wanted to talk to you about. Sure. Mentioned to you. Sorry.
0: No, it's fine. It's fine.
2: Um, so I don't remember what was chickens.
0: Okay. What about them?
2: I don't have any. I just, okay. I wanted you to know, but I do have dogs and years ago before I had children, I, um, competed with dogs in obedience and other things
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
2: and um used positive reinforcement operant conditioning. Yeah. So operant conditioning was developed by B. F. Skinner here at the University mm-hmm. of Minnesota. He had graduate students Keller and Marion uh Breland and they, you know, did more with it. Keller died Marion remarried uh Bob Bailey. Marion and Bob Bailey, they continued and did even more with it. And at that time they were offering chicken camps in hot Springs, Arkansas. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And you could, I went and spent an entire week training chickens and I taught my chickens. Like we started out with like, you had three targets, uh-huh. A square, a circle, a triangle, and teach the chicken to peck the designated target. Uh-huh. And then you like if you taught him to peck a triangle, you then we had triangles in different colors and teach him to peck the correct color. And building on that, elaborate things. Uh, I was only there for a week. the The advanced chicken camp was a month, and uh, they would teach the chickens to do like these elaborate. Things like uh, walk through a maze, do high wire things, do all kinds of tricks. Oh, yeah, it was it was it was just phenomenally fun. And at that time, their chickens outlived other chickens because they were being cared for. And the chickens knew exactly when you showed up with the little uh, corn feeder and the clicker uh, to indicate, you know, they they were there. (laughs) <laughs> they, there was one chicken that was notorious for, you know, skip the target, skip all this, attack the, the cup of corn.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I
2: have a picture somewhere of myself with the chicken and a whole, all the rest of the cut. But if you Google chicken camp and Bob. Oh yeah. No, this is, Bailey this is, this is, Bailey. this is
0: getting a link in the show notes.
2: Bailey and Bailey chicken, chicken training. Um, they trained – oh, heavens. They they were the ones. They trained the cat for the CIA, and they trained dolphins for the Navy.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 and yeah. They,
2: they had the IQ Zoo. It was a roadside attraction in Hot Springs. They trained raccoons and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, but if you look on YouTube, you can see there's, like, videos of people like, okay, you know, my final project for chicken camp here, and they get their chicken and stuff. So that was chicken. The other – <laughs> the other chicken thing, I was just sort of a. I thought it was funny. Um, I, ha- I lived for a while in St. Paul, and you may or may mm-hmm. not know we have a very large Hmong community. And yeah. um, I lived next door to a Hmong family. They had chickens, and periodically the chickens would escape and come into my yard. And so I would, you know, round them up, and some of the kids from next door would come and round them up. And you know, so we did this. And one day I asked them, you know, the chickens, are you keeping them for eggs or do you eat them or what? And boy looked to me and said, Oh no, no. My sister periodically gets sick and we sacrifice the chicken. So she gets better.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a, okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh, all right. <laughs> and I think I must've looked really shocked because he's like, we eat the eggs too.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you know, I, I think, uh, and i'm um, a uh, quick quick warning to all of our vegan people um you know, I try to give my chickens the best life possible, and if they're yeah. in the camp of you know and maybe a bad day um yeah, yeah, but I've, you know
2: I'm not a vegan or a vegetarian, but I have the same philosophy, yeah so, so um the other thing that I was just gonna touch on um mm-hmm. social relationships. Yes. You know, what does it mean? You know, I I mentioned before when I talked about this um, dinner church that we started, the community and this like deep human need for community and how we live in a society that's set up to not give us that.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: You know, and then, you know, so we, you know, we kind of create community out of things. And I I was thinking about this with regard to you particularly. Mm -hmm. Like this is the first real conversation that we've had. Right. Right. I mean we talked on the Joko Cruise for two minutes maybe. Something like that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's mostly like, oh, I get stickers. <laughs> 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 and and you were standing at one foot going, I must get to the smoking zoning.
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: right? So we you know, we don't know each other. But right. I you know, I've listened to all this stuff. I've listened to the um, Hidden Almanac, I've listened to various mm-hmm. episodes of Kevin and Ursula Eat Cheap, I follow you on Twitter. So I feel like I know you. Mm-hmm. I don't know you, but I feel like I know you. And through Twitter, um, you know, following Ursula and Shep and KB Spangler and this other group of people, you know, it feels like I'm part of a friendship group. And you, yeah. have, you have interviewed two or three people that I know. At least, oh, really? Yes, that I've met. At least, I mean, not necessarily close friends, but people that I've met. So again, it feels like we're connected and, you know, so, you know, I think about that because I think part of what you're doing here with your podcast is building a community. Yeah. My sense of, of view is that that's where you're, where you are. Well, are we a community? You know, I, we don't really know each other, but we have this, this thing in common. And so we feel connected. Yeah. The week that Kevin and I are recording this, <laughs> the week that Twitter is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, no. just completely blowing apart. And people are frantic. And, you know, there's a certain amount of schadenfreude about, you know, the Elon Musk being whatever he is. But people are running around going, How am I going to find you again? How do I know you? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. You know, do, do I track you? You know, trying to track each other on. There's this. this exodus to mastodon and like, who do I know? Who do I not know? Uh, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm just kind of curious. How do you, how do you, you interact with real people. You interact with the digital people. How do you see this business of being part of a community in the modern world?
0: It's uh, so some of it is. So, so I have an interesting background, right? Mm-hmm. In the early nineties, I ran a bulletin board. Mm -hmm. A dial-up bulletin board and the community that formed around that. And in some ways it was self-select because you had to have a computer and you had to have a modem. But in other ways, it laid the same groundwork that we have now. There are people who I never met in person who occasionally, you know, like I have as Facebook friends now. Um, or maybe I met them once, but we talked a lot on, uh, on a forum, uh, on a bulletin board that I ran, um, or the small network that was in the research triangle area of bulletin boards that were interconnected and shared message boards so that we could all talk to each other without having to, you know, dial 15 boards. Um, it, so for me, it's almost natural, mm-hmm. right? Right. That there are people I I know, and I have to I have to keep that distinction. There are the people I know in person. There are the people I know online, and there are people who know me but I don't know, as it were. And so there's 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 so many layers to it. I've never really thought to analyze it before. But looking at it, thank you Sergey for walking on the keyboard. I'll just turn that back off. Um, but looking at it it's you know one of those things where it's it it's just because i think i developed all through through the different changes in technology and how those parasocial relationships work right mm-hmm. it it just sort of flows it's it's part of my i'm not going to say my dna but it's certainly part of the 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 zeitgeist that is me Mm -hmm. um uh, so but overall yeah no it is something people long for i mean and we saw it then like dial up bulletin boards in the early days of the internet before it was commercial when it was like here's my web page here's a mailing list here's a a forum Mm -hmm. or something was a game changer for people who were otherwise shut out shut out yeah right um and, uh, the people who have mobility issues, the people who have health issues and, and can't, you know, and can't interact with wider society. Are and you- I think being, and I, I just think that it is so incredibly valuable and yeah, I get the panic. Um, frankly, I'm still in the, in the mode of where I don't like half of the things we've come up with and miss that sense of community we got from a bulletin board we could be all over the state and still be a community even if we never actually see each other in person yeah right and so i i think there is a community there and i think my biggest adjustment has been to go from someone who is a part of the community to also being a public person
2: Mm -hmm.
0: right that was not something like people would have some people in the area would have heard of me and not talk to me or not know me in person or, or whatever, but they would know me because know of me because of the bulletin board I ran, or they know Mm -hmm. of me because I ran triangle Linux group for several years, but there's that whole other, there's, there's an order of magnitude when the internet gets involved. Yeah. And and, you know, um,
2: I was at Arisia
0: when Ursula was guest of honor. I don't know how many years ago. And uh, someone was walking by and looked at and, and, uh, their mom was with them and said, you see that guy over there? He's famous. And I'm like, shit, who am I missing? <laughs> right. There's no one around. It's just me. And I was talking to John like later, this was one of the first times I really got to sit down and talk to John. Yeah. But I mean, we had known each other online for a couple of years at that point. And I said, I-, I didn't get it. And John looked at me and said, it's okay. You're just internet famous. Yeah. And so you have to like, it's, yeah.
2: a, well, it's I don't- a thing. Yeah. Shep has talked about how on Twitter, you know, the banter Mm -hmm. that she and Ursula have, sorry, that he and Ursula have, my sincere apologies, you know, is is delightful and this harassment back and forth. And then other people who are watching it, you know, are so familiar with it, feel like it's part of something and jump in with the same Mm -hmm. sort of banter. And it doesn't feel like banter to him. It feels like being attacked by a million people. Because and I think
0: it and, and it it depends on who it is. There's also a big yeah, thing there. Like it does um,
2: depend, I mean, people, but people don't. But people people feel like they're part of that friendship because right. they watch it happen mm-hmm. and feel free to take part in it, but they're not really part of it.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how that translates as the technology changes, as things change. Um, so we'll see. I just hold it as a we'll see.
2: Yeah. Um, And, you know, I was talking to one of my kids about this because, you know, I bought a car from somebody I met on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen it in real life, (laughs) but, you know, it's worked out fine. You know, they're in Maryland. I'm in Minnesota. It's still worked out fine. And yet the same child is like breezily going, yes, I've met somebody on the internet and we're going to go out and do things together. No you're not
0: <laughs> there is and and there is a difference there I think
2: yeah there and, is but it's hard to articulate
0: right right and uh, and I think part of it is that there is there is still a dividing line and um, honestly um, things like uh, watching God last this time last year I started watching um, SVU. Uh, Law and Order SVU. I started with episode season one, episode one, and got caught up, and now I'm staying caught up. But Mm -hmm. you can actually see that evolution around things like consent, personal danger, internet, as the internet becomes more popular, and Mm -hmm. in social media, because it all develops over the course of the run of the show. Right. And one of the differences there is that um, like an adult – it is different for adults because we have different ideas around um, or not different ideas, but we have different risk assessments and threat models in our head. Yes. Right. And for someone who isn't as experienced, it's, it's, it's an experiential thing. It's, it's like you are considered a, a fully developed adult at 18 Yes, but you know? Um <laughs> right. or twenty-one, yes, but uh and so there is that knee-jerk reaction that uh something that I would do as a fifty-one year old man, I would tell my twenty-one year old son not to do because uh well I usually say learn from my mistakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um yeah. but or or also because I have a different risk assessment. I can go through different scenarios and and judge safety, not safety, likelihood of it being, you know, of this being a rando who wants to hurt me and a fan who genuinely is just feeling goodwill. Right. Right. Um, And he doesn't have that and she doesn't have that yet because they don't, you know, they have a threat model, but it isn't fully formed, if that makes sense. Yeah,
2: it is. It's well said. And, and I, I also think that there is something about having grown up with social media. Yes. That there, there is a sense of the reality of the relationships that, that I certainly don't have, even though I do have, you know, some sense of the reality of the relationship. Yeah. It's, it, I think it's, you know, I we had... We being, maybe I should define my pronouns at this point. Right. My congregation mm-hmm. in Whitbread Lake, right. You know, when COVID started, we, like all sorts of congregations, suddenly found ourselves doing online worship. Mm mm-hmm. <laughs> just like, okay, we can't have people here. And like most congregations, we've continued that even, mm-hmm. even as people have come back to worship in person. And you know, there's there's a whole space here that for a discussion of you know the safety or risks around COVID that we are not going to have in this conversation.
0: No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: but um, you know what we find is that there's there's a whole set of people who will not, are not coming back to worship because it's very convenient to sit on your couch in your pajamas with a cup of coffee and watch church on t- on your computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have gained people who join us for worship from all sorts of weird places, right? You know that we've aren't local at all. Um, we have a partnership with a congregation in Tanzania,
0: and nice, yeah,
2: yeah. There's a significant time difference, but we've been able to join each other, you know, in. In, when and the, it, overlaps. in yeah. when the overlaps, yeah. not every Sunday by any means, but, you know, we've got some things that we've been able to do together that have been a lot of fun. And then a lot of the people that I visit don't even have a smartphone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, you know, they have, they're of a generation where that's not even an option for them.
0: Right. Or it's just something that they, you know, maybe they don't have what's, the resources necessary to have one. Maybe they would really like one, but like can't afford it. Yeah. You know,
2: most of them are, most of them are, I think there probably are a few in that category, but most of them are like, why would I want a computer? I don't need a computer. But, (laughs) you know, as, as a congregation, Mm -hmm. you know, our self identity is that we are the body of Christ. Right. You know, we are diverse, we are diffuse in time and space, but we are the body of Christ. Are we also diffuse in cyberspace? What does it mean? You know, mm-hmm. if you remember back to your catechism, you know, to share to share communion together, right? Yeah, join together in one body and one blood by the body and blood, right? What does that mean when some of the people are up are there in person and some of the people are at home and having crackers and orange juice instead of the approved wafers and. <laughs>
0: Wafers and Manischewitz, which is yeah. what we always had. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> so, I mean, you know, these, these are theological questions. I don't expect you to yeah. them. But really, as a, as a culture, we're starting to really struggle with what does it mean to connect, to be a community? Mm-hmm. You know. Um,
0: I would love to have just a separate discussion on that, yeah. because that is mm-hmm. that that. This is the sort of thing that, that I can be fascinated by and I can read up on and <laughs> yeah. know and, and explore because I've thought about it, I'm watching it happen in real time, but I've never really sat down and analyzed or talked about what it really, how it all interacts, how it all really means. And I am not the expert. I like There are probably people who are working on their PhD theses oh, and oh. dissertations on this. <laughs> um, yeah yeah so but anyway yeah
2: because you are part of online and real world communities, i just wanted to yeah you know at least touch touch on the topic with you
0: it's a it's a it's a fascinating topic and it's it's one that i probably that i i compartmentalize sometimes but i i need to probably think about more
2: mm-hmm. just
0: uh, in general yeah so wow all right um while we're on the subject of other. Yeah. Um,
2: that, that was been, all of my other stuff, yes.
0: That Well, my other is, have you been, do you keep up with uh, Pastor uh, Nadia Bolz-Weber? I do. Yes, and her... Yes. And her and
2: her in the Church of All Sinners and Saints.
0: And, well, more importantly, her discussions of, of the prison ministry and how, you know, the lectionary is something she tries to follow, except I think it was last week or the week before she saw the readings and was like, nope.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but... You know, prison, prison ministry yeah. is, Oh God, you know... It is so important. Those people, those people, you know, prisoners are isolated. Prisoners are targeted. Prisoners are scapegoated. As a pastor, it's hard for me to get into a prison. Mm -hmm. I mean, the state of Minnesota does not make it easy. And I assume that other states make it harder.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Um, And I'm trying to think who else have I been following? There are like a couple that mm-hmm. of people that I follow that are it, from different communities. There's, uh, um, uh, I think she's a pastor who is part of the obsidian personal knowledge management community who I wouldn't even have, have thought of. Um, there are, of, of course there's, you know, the people I've had on the show. Yeah.
2: Um, okay.
0: and then people I'd like to have on the show. Like, um, I think it's, uh, um, I follow them on Twitter. And names are escaping me right I, now um
2: i understand
0: yeah um but uh um it's it's so interesting how these different how all of it and this follows into the pol- the the um the parasocial relationships how they're intersecting and overlapping in venn diagrams now mm-hmm. you know yeah so all right so charity 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 okay. um Yeah, and I won't do do the... uh, Everyone who listens regularly knows um, we're good. We don't need help. We'd rather money that you would give us go to other people Mm -hmm. uh, who need it more. So who needs it more?
2: Well, i a list.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A list, all right.
2: (laughs) No. I assume that everyone who listens to this podcast already gives to their local food shelf. Mm -hmm. So I left that one off. I'm going to recommend two things. Um, First, The ELCA Disaster Relief Fund. And um, that is a great place to give because, number one, all the things like salary and overhead are paid for out of a different budget. So money that you give to ELCA Disaster Relief goes to Disaster Relief. And they work nationally, domestically, internationally, all over the place. They do really good work. Um, I know that there are people who will not be giving money to a church under right. any circumstances. So I have an option. This is a local organization, uh, the Sahen Journal, S A H A N. I'll send you a link. Um, they are a news organization here in the Twin Cities. They are uh, immigrant people of color on the ground reporting, you know, reporting stories that never get covered anywhere else, looking at issues that get passed over in the mainstream. And as our media is being both hollowed out and turned into a for-profit arm of all sorts of things, I've, yes. Okay, delete the rant. Delete the rant. <laughs> <laughs> right? I think that these sorts of, you know, on the mm-hmm. on the local high-quality journalism, especially from people with diverse viewpoints, is really important.
0: Now I want to. Uh, I now I want to subscribe to them, even if it is local to <laughs> the Twin Cities area. It's like I have enough. I know enough people in Twin Cin- C- Cities area that maybe you know it's worth it for me to be informed. Yeah. Um, especially yeah. since hopefully we will be regular visitors again as things are. As travel is becoming more optional. Yes. So,
2: yes, we hope. We hope. Yes. All right.
0: All right. Um, so last bit. Um, where can we, where can, if people want to find you online and follow you, where can they do that?
2: Oh, this is the worst week to ask that question.
0: Uh, right. <laughs> um, All
2: right. well, as of this recording, I have a yes. account, <laughs> uh, Thompson, Julie, I made a Mastodon account. It's in the Twitter bio mm-hmm. and I, Kevin and I were talking before we started recording about we don't even know.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. No.
2: And um yeah, I'll I'll send you um a, a link to Saint Stephen Lutheran in White Bear Lake if anybody wants to be one of those people from who knows where who watch our services.
0: There you go. Um and uh yeah and i will probably be passing a couple of these along to friends i have in the area who we will hopefully be seeing so sometime right. i want to I'm, I'm hoping fingers crossed in 2023 but uh definitely 2024
2: sure so, fingers yeah. crossed all
0: right yep all right so thank you so much
2: well thank you this was fun yeah,
0: yeah. and uh for the people at home we'll be right back after this It was so much fun talking to Julie. Go check her stuff out, because it was just, I mean, it was so much fun talking to Julie. Uh, Awesome. Awesome conversation, and I really, like, I've already started re-listening to it once. I'm going to re-listen to it again, probably when I'm doing the editing. I mean, it's just so great. And Julie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, So, hey, we have a word.
1: We do have a word. We
0: do have a word. And the word is... Umwelt.
1: It's such a good word. It's
0: a good word.
1: Let me Uh, see if I can find the book it's from.
0: Yes. Uh, Let me prepare to make notes. But what you do is you go to uh, productivityalchemy.com. You go to, there's a little spot in there that says enter activity code. And our word is the activity code. And you type in Umwelt, U-M-W-E-L-T, and you will get a badge. There are 284 unique badges, one for each episode. Do you know how much effort it takes? Every It doesn't take that much effort, but I have to go through and, you know, every so often make sure I'm not, like, reusing an image or something. Uh, but, you know, 284 unique badges you can earn by listening to episodes of Productivity Alchemy. The uh,
1: word umwelt is from an immense world, how animal senses reveal the hidden realms... Of okay, the rest of the title's cut off by my right. book. It's an immense world. It's by Ed Yong.
0: This is the one you were reading to me with um
1: Yes, I kept reading you you snippets, pa- of snippets of animal fascinating animal facts. Fascinating
0: weird animal facts about their senses, yeah. So you go to ProductivityAlchemy.com, you type in Umwelt, where it says activity code, you click submit, you get the badge, you can get other badges. There's a whole bunch of stuff you can do at ProductivityAlchemy.com, not just claim your badge right? You can listen to past episodes. You can look at bios for myself and Ursula. It's just easier to put them there than to, you know, like, and I keep a copy in my, in my obsidian vault too, because I like that. Uh, You can look at the show notes. You can look at past episodes in any case. In um, any
1: case, you can (coughs) do any number of things. Yes. But there is a link you shall not click.
0: Uh, you shall not click. Funk.
1: Yes, the forbidden
0: link. I, it's not that forbidden, but there's a... It's a,
1: funnier if it's the forbidden link.
0: Do I, I'm going to have to rename that entire page to the forbidden link. But eh. it's the one that says support, right? It's under the about section. It says, or it says support. It's right next to the contact form where you can send in letters. Um, don't click it. Don't go there. We, we don't need your support. We would prefer... I mean, we,
1: we need your emotional support and your true. love and all of that, but and financially, yeah. we're doing okay.
0: Financially, we're, we're doing fine. We, we're doing absolutely fine. Uh, and Julie gave us two, actually two, uh, charities for you to support instead of giving us money. Um, and the first is the Lutheran Disaster Response Fund from the ELCA. Uh, which is who Julie works for, basically, but uh, they have a really like good long term track record working both domestically and internationally in you know Here's what make, not you Siri um <laughs> in making sure that everybody has you know uh, the things they need when recovering from these big disasters they're currently working with you know um Let's see what are they working on now. Hurricane response, like Hurricane Ian. Ian, there's still a lot of mess out there from that. The flooding, the drought in the Horn of Africa, the tornadoes uh, that come through here annually, the wildfires. There are, are there aren't there wild is like California or one of those Look, western just states. Just
1: assume that if it's not currently on fire, it will be very soon.
0: Right. I mean, so it's not just you know we're we're they're literally going out there and assisting people. This isn't a uh, quote-unquote relief where they show up, they preach, they say, aha, we've done a good job and leave. Um,
1: We we aren't fond of those people.
0: No, we're not fond of those people. Now, if instead you do not feel like giving to a Christian organization, and I can understand that, um, the uh, Sahan Journal, which is a local and diverse um, news environment, Let me bring up the about page because I can't remember all of the things Julie said. Yeah. Um, Nonprofit digital newsroom dedicated to reporting for immigrants and communities of color in Minnesota. Um, And they have a staff photo, and that staff photo is not all white people, and in particular, not all men. And it wow, that is incredibly diverse. Um, So, hey, they're out there providing news for the. for the you know communities that are often overlooked by the major news outlets and even a lot of local news outlets, and they can always use your help um, and hey, they have a donate link there too um, so yes go give them, them go money. give them money if Not you us. don't want to yeah. give the e l c a money um, yeah, there you go those are those are our things this week oh I yeah no. So, hey, we did it. We got through another week. Okay. We, we have another episode of Productivity Alchemy in the, in the, in the, the rapidly in the rear view mirror. So y'all get out there, do your best, um, enjoy if you have nice weather, hide indoors if you have bad weather, and uh, through it all, do your best to um, stay productive.
1: Okay. How often do I have to clean the smudges off these goddamn things?
0: Oh God, it's a constant battle. It really is.
1: My eyes never did that.
0: I know.
2: Oh, how I know.